get ready for the journey of a lifetime. Omega Metroid is excited to launch a new series exclusive to our Patreon channel, The Great Metroid Area Ranking. Our mission is simple. We are going to rank every single area in the Metroid series two at a time. Join us on our Patreon as we delve into all the different locales across this amazing series and get in on the action by helping dictate what areas we rank next. The Great Metroid Area Ranking is available to all Omega Metroid tier patrons. Join us on this incredible adventure and help us decide for the final time which Metroid area is the greatest of them all. OmegaMetroid.com's Patreon is the home to the Great Metroid Area Ranking, ROM Hack Reviews, The Spateri Show, and so much more. Consider signing up today and see you next mission. Everyone, welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Duminal Crossing. What's up, Mr. Crossing? How are you? It's been uh, actually, it's not even been that long. We just did an episode of the Great Metroid Area Ranking. What's uh, what's happening from now to then, or to, from that, then that to is, now? That is true. Pretty pretty decent. Still making my way through Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, a phenomenal game. But it's a uh, it's a very long game, Andy. I gotta say, um, I'm really? I'm 20 hours in. I'm over 20 hours in so far, and I'm at about, according to my item completion, I have about 60% so far. So it's a it's a pretty meaty game. So I've been taking taking a little break from it for now, but I'm gonna get back on the grind soon. I've also been playing Halo Infinite in the meantime, which is mm. not a not a sentence I expected to say. I I thought I was done with that game, but. Yeah, I tried it out. They uh, they got some free D- uh, some free Halo Wars DLC in there that um, that I'm a big fan of. So I tried that out, and uh, yeah, I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with the um, the updates that have happened since the last couple of years that I've been playing. Uh, there's like a ton of new Halo Three maps, so like that Halo Three nostalgia gives me a good old kick that I really enjoy. And uh, yeah, that's basically how my gaming has been going. Otherwise, I literally just got back from the gym not even 10, 15 minutes ago. So that's how I- my day's been going. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, so this, this probably isn't a spoiler, but like, whatever, uh, you could probably piece these pieces together yourself. We're going to do an inspired by Metroid on this Prince of Persia game. I think I'm going to pick it up pretty soon. I just, I wanted to, because I, I've had such a, a tough time, like, committing to playing games that are not on my switch i'm turning into one of those guys where it's like it's got to be on switch if i'm gonna play it but i really really wanted to play horizon forbidden west and i and i got it for christmas and i was like okay you know what i'm not buying any games until i finish horizon forbidden west but at the rate i'm going i'm not gonna be done that game till like easter if if not later so i think i might just just pick up prince of persia and and just start playing so that we can get our show on the road because i am really looking forward to that game i've heard uh tons and tons and tons of great things it looks awesome so uh, yeah that's gonna be uh that's gonna be coming up here in the next i don't know weeks months something like that we're gonna be doing a show on the new prince of persia game you should check out horizon forbidden west for anybody that uh 
that is looking for, uh, you know, kind of a cool sci-fi game. There's actually a, a portion that I played today. It was very, very Metroid Prime. Very Metroid Prime. And it was it was very okay. sweet. Um, so, yeah, really enjoying that game. It's, uh, it's kind of a perfect blend of, like, open world Zelda plus, like, Jurassic Park plus, like, iRobot plus Mass Effect. It's it's very cool. Um, so I, I've talked about that before. And, and I'm also going to have a, an episode on the Zelda cast of that one whenever I'm finished. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's going pretty good, but um, we are here today not to talk about Horizon, not to talk about Halo, not to talk about Prince of Persia, but in fact, to talk about Metroid Prime 4, the game that I believe we have to be seeing sometime soon. I think, like, summer is the latest, <laughs> the latest that we could possibly go without seeing it, and I think that there is a chance that, you know, we're in Nintendo Direct territory right now, and... Um, I'm not saying that there's going to be Metroid Prime 4 in a Nintendo Direct. I'm not even saying that there's going to be a Nintendo Direct. But what I could see happening is Nintendo potentially foregoing their usual February Direct and maybe just doing like a Switch 2 showcase. I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like it's got to be coming, right? Like it's, it's got to be around the corner. I could see them just not doing a Direct at all. I feel like at the very least, and I was talking to the Discord about this, I feel like at the very least we'd get like a partner showcase or optimally a mini. I feel like a mini would be like the perfect best case scenario because we still get some 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 morsel some little morsel Nintendo announcements some appetizers in the meantime but at the same time a mini is like a pretty telltale sign that uh the heat's about to crank up very soon so that's what I'm hoping for um and yeah, yeah. otherwise I, I could see them just, just completely <laughs> skipping the direct and I I think if there's no direct in February then like yeah it, it's on like it's mm-hmm. it's not gonna be long before we finally see Whatever the Switch 2 is, and, and I do think that that's coming, like, soon. I, I think it's going to happen in the next couple couple of weeks, but I also thought it was going to happen back in 2023, so what the hell do I know? Um, but we are going to be talking today about Metroid Prime 4. We have done a, a slew of episodes in the past where we've kind of talked about things that we would like to see from Metroid Prime 4, and, uh, and well, we're going back to that well, because, I mean, there's just such a such a endless amount of possibilities and and you you know you can keep on thinking of new things and new experiences to bring and i'm going to kind of re- reiterate some of my old things that i wanted to see from the game too because that's kind of change and evolve as well but doom I, you were pretty pretty passionate about this and you uh wrote a thesis on on what you want to <laughs> see in the the fourth installment of this uh proud franchise so what i'm gonna do is we're, we're gonna kind of flip the switch here so you Almost, or you're going to be the host today. You're going to drive the bus, and I'm going to sit behind you and just poke my head up and just kind of be like, oh, yeah, I like that. I don't like that. Yeah, whatever. Um, reacting to some of your takes, and then uh, once once we get to wherever we need to go on yours, we can kind of circle back, and we'll if we have time, we'll, uh, we'll touch upon some of mine if it doesn't come up during the course of our conversation. So, that being said, uh, are you ready to start driving? Oh, I have been waiting so long for this. So I, I want to I'll I'll give a little prelude first. So I've been pitching this idea for a bit because what I want to do is back, you know, back in 2021 before Metroid Dread was announced, I did a YouTube video about what I want in the next 2D Metroid. And I specifically wanted to do that before E3 happened because I wanted to go back to that video and see how much of that video would end up coming to fruition. Right. And I was actually surprised. I revisited a year later and I was actually surprised just how much of like my requests or 
issues I had with Samus Returns that I wanted addressed or updated, can, and can how much of that was actually notes? happened. Yeah, huh? give us like so some like, for, notes, like some some examples, because that's actually really interesting. Yeah, so so for example, the counter is actually a huge one in Samus Returns. I was like, you know. I'm not a fan of how the counter is implemented in Samus Returns, but I actually hope it comes back because I think the idea is really cool, and I think there's really it, it, there's really cool things that you can do with it. But the biggest the, yeah, the biggest problem with it is that in Samus Returns, it completely kills your momentum. You have to stop, run, stop, go, stop, go the whole time. And the Metroid Dread, amongst a whole other changes that like speeds up the process, like that mm. counter, just it just by allowing you to keep your momentum going when going and turn it. Um, in both an offensive and a defensive tool, oh my gosh, it makes the counter so much more fun to use. And you can use it, you know, during your other motions, whether you're sliding or flash shifting too. It has so much utility mm -hmm. and it turns the counter from something that I felt like slowed the pace of Samus Returns down to something that is crucial to Metroid Dread and makes that game as fun as it is to play. And that's just one, that's just one of several examples uh, for that video. And I wanted to do something similar for Metroid Prime 4, especially because, you know, Unlike, you know, Metroid Dread, where we had a Samus Returns to go off of, we don't really have that for Metroid Prime 4. I mean, we kind of do with Prime Remastered, but, like, outside yeah. of, like, you know, controls and, you know, small quality of life stuff, we really don't have anything else but, you know, that original Metroid Prime trilogy to, trilogy to compare to. And so I kind of want to do this as, like, a fun exercise, kind of pitch what we want, and then maybe a year from now revisit this and see, you know, hey... How close was Metroid Prime to our vision, and would our vision have been better than Metroid Prime 4? It absolutely would not have. The final game will absolutely be better than anything we could come up with. But, you know, that's kind of what I had going for it. Yep, I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, it's actually, it's funny, because I now I'm interested in kind of like revisiting, uh, I mean, way back when, I think even before you were on the pod, Dak and I did a show being like, what do we want for Metroid 5? Uh, we, we did that on the Zelda side too, like things we want from Tears of the Kingdom, and then we we revisited it about uh, a month or so ago and, and kind of compared and contrasted. So yeah, I, I think that this is a, a great experiment and kind of like a, a nice little... Uh, Nice little time capsule, if you will. So, with, I, I guess, yeah. Without further ado, let's get uh, let's get rocking and rolling here. Absolutely. So, I have a huge Google Doc that I've been uh, teasing for our uh, teasing toward Discord members for a while now. I do want to get this out of the way. No story elements are going to be present in this document. This is going to be pretty much all gameplay and world building stuff. And the reason for that is because. I personally just wasn't interested in doing that. I felt like the gameplay was like a lot more interesting to take a look at story wise. I mean, it's going to have Silex in it. Other, other than that, like do whatever you want, Nintendo. Let, so, let me add to that for, for a quick second too. I think story wise, like this game is like wide open, wide open. So it's, mm -hmm. it's tough to like speculate what direction that's, it, that'd be kind of like, what direction do you think like Metroid 4, which we know is super, is Metroid Fusion, is going to go after Super Metroid comes out. And it's like, exactly who would have yeah. predicted the X? Who would have predicted the SAX? All that. So I think we're at a similar point where, like, the story is is totally open. I'm expecting new planets, new new enemies, new like, new everything, right? Like, I, I think you could probably count on maybe... Si I wouldn't... I'm even, like, not as 100% sure. I'm pretty confident, but I wouldn't, like, put the 100% stamp on it that even Silex is going to show up. Because it's been a long time since since Metroid Prime 3, I, and I know they did the tease I'm in pretty, Federation Force, but... Well, there, well, there's the tease in Federation Force and Corruption, but also just stuff that um, Kensuke Tanabe has talked about, you know, in interviews, you know, mm -hmm. during Federation Force Force's promotional tour, I believe. You know, yeah. he was saying specifically how interested he was in, you know, further developing that dynamic between Silex and Samus. I, I just, I feel like there's a lot of evidence pointing 
toward him I, I winning agree. the game. No, I agree. I, like I just I want to like, say I don't think it's going to be like a slam dunk hundred percent. If I was to give a Samus percentage, I'm going to say ninety percent, which is still like you're pretty much there. Mm-hmm. But I just it wouldn't like completely shock me if they were just like you know what we're just having a new story. Yeah, I will say, like you've said in the past, though, I do agree that Silex won't be the main villain. I think he's going to be a big part of the story. I think he's yeah. definitely going to interfere with you a lot. But what I don't think he's going to be the quote unquote final boss, the big the big bad hovering over, you know, the whole I thing. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. No more dilly dadding around. Let's get into this. Let's start with immersion and world building. And this is actually a relatively short section compared to everything else I've written here. And I was thinking, you know. Metroid Prime 4, you know, we're coming off, what, 17 years now after Metroid Prime 3? Yeah, se- yeah, 17 years after yeah. Metroid Prime Prime 3. Insanity. Um, and, you know, Metroid, you know, the Metroid Prime trilogy at the time, you know, had and still do have just incredible worlds filled with beautiful, uh, beautiful art direction, music that like tethers the player to the world. You know, these worlds feel so lifelike, like they're almost characters in and of themselves. But Prime 3, again, is 17 years old now. And I think, you know, with the way technology has increased and seeing what other games have done, I think that there are ways that we can further enhance that. And I don't and I don't mean making Prime 4 open world. I think we've talked about this before. None of us want Prime 4 to be open world. But I still think that you can free I, up these worlds without it. making it. Well, I mean, I, I, I personally, at least at this time, like right now, I want a Metroid prime game but like Mm -hmm. yeah and so what i want is i want a seamless world not an open world and when i say seamless world what i mean is i you know i I don't mind stuff like cutscenes and stuff like that but like you know the way you traversal or you traverse around the world i think you know i think there are ways that we can integrate that traversal into the gameplay and we can get more into what the specifics will be later but basically weirdly enough i'm gonna use other m as a, as an example here, so other so other M for all its faults has one thing that I do find interesting, and that's the way elevators work in that game. So typically, you hop onto an elevator, and a little cutscene will play out of you know Samus going you know up and down whatever. Mm-hmm. But in other M, you actually still remain in gameplay. You'll enter the elevator, and then you can still like walk around the elevator while it's loading, and then it'll load you into the ne- the next environment. Now, obviously, it's still an obvious mask loading screen, and I think we can do better than that. But I think it's really cool how the game still, you know, it doesn't enter a cutscene to while you travel. You know, you can still control Samus. And I want to implement more of those types of travel options, but you know, less in you know, in a less obviously confined loading space. But you know, stuff, you know, that actually, you know, lets you travel. So, you know, some games even do the thing, you know, it's a big PlayStation cliche where, you know, the character has to like shimmy their way through like a two-inch wall or something to load the next environment Mm -hmm. i don't think metroid should do that but you know i think there's but yeah i think there's especially if prime 4 is going to be on the switch too with faster loading times i think there's really cool ways that we can you know traverse new environments like that andy what do you think about that yeah i think i'm on board for that i i would like and i don't know the exact way that you get there but i i think that you could just eliminate those elevators like completely I, i i don't think that you need them um and i know that like you know, we're, we're going to need to load, let's just use Metroid Prime as, as an example. We need to load Fendrana after you're in Magmore, but like, what can we do instead of an elevator cutscene in order to get that? Maybe it's like a little underground bunker that you have to go traverse through really quickly, something like that. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I do kind of 
I want them to mask any loading issues like that with in-world, basically like in-world objects or activities that uh, that will you know take those away and, and make that a little bit more seamless. And I think that you, if you're going to do that, you probably need to be a little bit more strategic with the way that you lay your world out too. Using Metro Prime One as a as an example, it really doesn't make sense that Fendron is connected to Magmore, right? And I think that we've kind of been poking fun at that for the last little while, and it's not a big deal, but like, yeah, like I, I think like. This is going to be like a, a kind of a rough example, but I remember um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, actually, the way that they had that little open wild area that like you could just roam around and you go from the desert to the lake to the, you know, standard open world fair. I think that you just do that, like and, and get rid of those elevators. And like, I'm not suggesting that Metroid Prime 4 should be or even that I want it to be, although I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't want it to be open world necessarily, but like just find a way to make that very seamless and i think that the what you laid out is like good enough i i think i'm just ready to like get rid of elevators altogether though to be honest i think you can still have like some elevators but i don't want them to like be like you know the elevator room you know what i mean like i don't mind like if you know if you're in Mm -hmm. like an industrial center and like you take an elevator to like second level or something but you know i don't i i think we're past the point of like designated elevator rooms where it's like oh you've entered the place to go to the next area now i feel like i want more naturalistic progression if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. like you get what i'm saying i think a really good example of this actually is like um skytown in prime three of all places because that is actually a really great area at masking loading times i think with like the zip lines like that's a way how they use to like separate all these large areas together and you know i i i think that's I think it still holds up today, even. And I think you could do even more with that in Prime 4. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I also wouldn't put, like, load times or anything like that at the top of my list of things that need to be addressed. But, you know, if we're making a wish list, like, absolutely. I, I could uh, I could definitely be down for something that masks, or better yet, eliminates those load times so that you never notice them. Because, I mean, it is pretty it is pretty obvious when you're in the elevator going up and down. And you're just kind of like, okay, let's, let's go to Magmore. And there's a very, like very separate division between those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then next up here, I want large draw distances and standout structures. And basically, this is kind of... There isn't really one particular game that I'm looking at. It's kind of an amalgamation of games that I've played. But, you know, I'm thinking... Metro, you know, you you have the 2D Metroid games that specializes in speed and like crisp fluid movement and then you have the prime games which is you know all about you know immersion and you know creating these incredible vistas to look at and prime 4 i kind of want to do the best of both worlds and i was talking uh, i was talking back on our 200th episode about this and i feel like you can actually do the best of both worlds in prime 4 and the way you do this is by let is by giving samus like completely you know unlocked movement give her give her that speed and speed and stuff like that but you create all of these beautiful locales and incredible structures and just stuff that almost makes you pause and i feel like that's how you can have both those slow moments as well as those fast moments at the same time andy what do you think about that yeah i mean i i'm not gonna pretend i'm like the i I think of the three of us i'm the least concerned with like graphical fidelity frame rates all, all that kind of stuff right like it to me it just has to be it has to be fine well, and, not, and i would include I'm draw even, distance in that well i'm not even talking about the, 
about like the graphics, you know, 4, 4K, 6. I'm not even I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking just more about the art direction and kind of the level design. You know, Prime 4 has so many like, yeah, icon- like- not even iconic areas, iconic rooms just because of like the cool stuff that you know just the cool stuff and like the world building i, I, I get what you're them. saying like you you're you're kind of looking for something that um what's a good example like well i mean i'm horizon zero dawn i'm playing that or horizon forbidden west rather i'm playing it right now you can see in the far distance this like really incredible ruin of uh of a shopping center or whatever and there's like this hulking machine beside it that you can see from like a ways away and and of course i i would love that too and that's where i kind of was um saying earlier that like i wouldn't necessarily mind if if metroid prime 4 was like i i think open world is the wrong term because like that infers like a bunch of things that go with those type types of games but like like an open environment you know what i mean like uh where you can see a lot of the places that you can explore you can't get to them necessarily but you can see them in the distance so i i think that uh that that could be kind of cool too and skytown's probably a good example of that as well because you can look around and see a lot of those structures and you're like, wow, like, how do I get to that spire over there? How do I get to whatever over here? Whereas, you know, I, I think of uh, a lot of the, the the greatest areas in Metroid, like Brinstar or, or like, uh, you know, Chozo Ruins. Those are very confined, uh, clammy, claustrophobic types of areas, which I think can work as well. So I, I think that you want a little mixture of both. But, I, yeah, I would be, like, I think it would be pretty cool if you were, like, on this alien planet and you could see, like, this this hulking thing in the distance and, and it just kind of builds up anticipation and and excitement because you're like what is that i can't wait to get there can i get there um now i finally have this upgrade and i can finally go explore here so i think that like imagine that like imagine super metroid was was 3d and it was a first person game and you're seeing the wreck ship and you're playing and you're playing and you're playing you can't get to the wreck ship but you can see it and you finally have whatever you need in order to get there and you're just like wow I, I, I'm so pumped that I can now see this and, and go exploring. There, because it's, I don't know, Morph Ball yet. So you get the Morph Ball, you come back later, and then you revisit it, and you scan it, and you realize, oh, that's the ship that I was, was just on. Oh, but I still can't get there because I don't have Gravity Suit yet. And so mm. that, and so that, it's still an incredible moment, you know, especially, you know, especially for the time it was in. But again, like, imagine having, you know, something like that today where, you know, you have the, you know, and it doesn't even have to be just one structure, but you see one standout structure that just catches your attention or maybe like some giant, you know, organic monstrosity. And you're just like, man, I don't know what that is, but I need to investigate that. And it just, it keeps, you know, just nagging at you that whole game until you finally have the ability to go there. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Which again is funny because I feel like that's kind of a hallmark of like, the greatest open world games, right? And, and I mean, listen, that that genre has certainly been diluted in the last couple of years. But like, when you have that, that that, that makes me think of like again, just like a, a good open world game. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for that. What's uh, what's next? Yeah, Breath of the Wild, even yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild even does that. You know, with a lot of its um, to, to great structures. extent. Like, yeah, I agree. All right, I have a couple others on immersion and world building, but honestly, I think we just go right into the abilities and advanced movement because this is honestly, this is what I really, everything from this point onward is what I really want to talk about. Okay, this is well, what we'll I've come been back to the other with. stuff if we have time. Yeah, yeah. So abilities and advanced movement. So obviously, I love the Metroid Prime games. I still have an absolute blast playing them today. But you know, with you know, with the way that games have evolved, you know, they're definitely 
a little a little dated for you know modern players is today especially when it comes to like movement speed and stuff like this and that doesn't mean they're bad certainly not again like these are some of my favorite games of all time but i think there's absolutely ways that we can enhance this movement and one of the biggest um quality of life improvements that i think we can add is clamoring mantling and sliding um and for those who don't know what clamoring and mantling is, um, a clamor is basically when you hit a ledge after you jump and you pull yourself up. And mantling is when you hop over uh, a waist high piece of cover uh, without losing your momentum. And then sliding is like, you know, pretty self-explanatory. And I think these are all just like little small quality of life improvements that not just improve the basic uh, traversal, but will also come in handy uh, with an upgrade that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with all of that. Um, I mean, we we kind of already had the ledge grabbing in Metroid Prime Three. I I think that uh, I, that that was implemented. I don't want to say it was clumsy, but like it, it was a very specific set of circumstances where you could grab. So I I think that you'd probably need to do something in order to make that blend into the world a little bit more seamlessly because it was like very very clear. Like you know you had the the special grading or whatever that you could grab. So make that, make that blend into the world a little bit more. Um, I feel like I kind of like, I get what you're saying about, uh, I forget what you called it, but like just hopping over like small little objects. Um, I, I think that that's fine. Like maybe what I would consider is like when you activate your dash that you just automatically do that, but you don't just automatically do that when you're just like walking. Cause I do think that you want to yeah. attain a little bit of the, the slow pace that, that some Metroid games will will give you in certain areas, right? Like, so I, I think that the, um, I think that you'd maybe just do that as a compromise. Um, slide, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I would be, I guess I, I, you know, would have to see it. I'm not sure what, like, I, I mean, I don't play a ton of uh, FPS games. So like, I don't know what a slide in first person would look like. I wouldn't want it to go third person and then go back to first person because I feel like if you do that enough times, like, um, it, it can it could be a little bit distracting. There, there are some abilities I have here that take it to third person. All of these are completely first person, though. And um, okay. and as for mantling, the way the way the um, the optimal way that you described it, that's pretty much how yeah. it's typically handled in shooters. I, where I would imagine once yeah. you go into sprint, yeah, once you go into the sprinting animation, that's where you like will automatically hop, or sometimes you will even have like a little button prompt. But that's that's basically how mantling goes in those, mm. which is fine. Like again, that's like a that's a very small thing that I, I wouldn't be like concerned about with one way or the other but but it's probably one of those smaller subliminal things that really add up but they they almost go unnoticed if if that makes sense so um yeah mm -hmm. I, I'm, again i'm i'm okay with all this i again i wouldn't say that anything that we've talked about so far is like top of my priority list but all like you know everything's made up of a bunch of little small things right absolutely let's talk about a brand new movement option so the spider magnet from Metroid Dread is going to return in Prime Four in my uh, in in my imagination. I I'm gonna guess it's probably not actually going to in the final game. But again, we're just we're playing make believe right now. So the spider magnet returns, and you know it does. You know you can crawl up you know crawl up walls like Spider Man just like you could before. You know do the monkey bars sections. Uh, but there's a new ability that also comes with it, and that's rail grinding, baby. That's right. It's early early two thousands again. We're bringing rail grinding back as a new movement option. And before you say, oh, come on, come on, Doom, that, 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 what is this, Tony Hawk? Bro, we already got the boost ball on half pipes. It's already a Tony Hawk game. Let's take it to the next level with rail grinding, man. 
let's get that speed up. Uh, and I don't want, I don't want to spoil too much, but, uh, yeah, we, we want to get some speed up, you know, do some little hopping sections between multiple rails. I think, I think this would be awesome, man. I'm all about the rail grinding. I think that sucks. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know about that. I, listen, like, like I tell my wife when she's asking me what I want to eat for dinner, I'll try anything once, but I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And, uh, I, I don't like that, but if, if they could find a way to, to do it and it's fun, I just like, like, what does that look like? You're, you're grinding on a rail, like in, in your morph ball. Does your morph ball have like a little slot? That no, no. And- on? Like. No, you're no, you're in you're in regular form. It's it's rail grinding. Even like even that, I just I think that's even more lame to be honest. Like just like it reminds oh, me. Oh my god! It reminds Andy. me of like Sunset Overdrive or the that new Suicide Squad game. It's just like I don't know. I just uh, I I'm not. Listen, I I want to. This is kind of my philosophy on Metroid Prime versus 2D Metroid. I think that 2D Metroid really 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 works when you're fast paced and everything's really fast and you can go around fast i think that with some exceptions that metro prime really really works when you're slow and kind of absorbing everything so i i don't want to be moving so fast that you can't absorb it and i yeah i don't know I'd, i'm not i'm not down with rail grinding maybe i'm in the minority well i i, th- I think it's cool let's chat tell us what you think in the comments are you on team andy Rail grind is lame. That's a cringe early two thousands or that's just time for real grinding like to make Anthem a comeback. And all these like shoddy kind of games that, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, does, does it, does I've never played Anthem. Does that have rail grinding? You know what? I've never played it either, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it did in one of the trailers. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong again, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just like, I kind of hear that and I'm just like, meh, meh. Like, I, I do think it's important, too, that, like, you keep Metroid Prime feeling like its own thing to to a certain degree, right? Like, I don't want to give it, like, everything that other contemporary games... And I listened to, to the episode a couple weeks ago that I wasn't able to be a part of, and I agreed with almost everything. Um, but I do think that you still want to have it with a distinct kind of movement style and ability. Yes, you want to improve that, of course. But you, I do think that, like I said, you want to have a little bit of that methodical piece that, that I think works really well for Metroid prime. And by the way, by the way, just to clear up any confusion here, I, I don't want, I don't mind that the series is called Metroid prime, by the way, because I heard you guys talking about this. Um, I wait, if I had a time machine, I wouldn't have called Metroid prime Two Metroid prime Two. I would have called it Metroid dark echoes, but since it's too late for that now, yes, of course we're going to call Metroid prime Four Metroid prime something, right? Like that's Metroid prime is now the brand. It's the first person brand. So, don't anybody come at me with that again. To, to be fair, I did I did correct the record. On I know that. I you, said, you, I were, you Andy, were sticking up for me. <laughs> I was like Andy. Andy just hates the numbers. He just he wants just subtitles. I but. really I really do. I I hate the numbers. I I can't explain it. The Except numbers, Mason. Fantasy. What do they Final mean? Fantasy. I like the numbers. Like, go figure. I don't know. All right. Well, let, let, let's get on to to another point. Uh, this one I feel like will be less contentious. Uh, wall jumping. You know, wall jumping. Yeah. I think you know. An absolute staple in Metroid. Prime kind of did it with the screw attack, but I think we could do more traditional wall jumping. Honestly, I think Other M kind of nailed wall jumping in a 3D Metroid game, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even be mad if it worked uh, similarly to the way it does in that. So yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. We uh, we're seeing eye to eye there. I I really think that you could like do like wall jumping in first person without ever having to leave first person as well. 
Like, I, I just think you jump up and then you just, you hit the wall and you quickly just look the other way, right? Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it'd be that hard. And then you just keep doing that and then eventually you can get up to the very top. Now, maybe there are some certain, uh, like, maybe you do have to have the ability to only wall jump on certain surfaces. But, but once again, I would like to see that much more blended into the environment rather than, like, the very clear, like, wall jump surfaces that you have in, in primes two and three, um, which, you know, I, do you even have those in prime two? I can't remember now, whatever. So like, yeah, uh, you do. I yeah. think you do. Yeah. So like th- those were, those were neat, but like they're, they're too, they're too obvious. So I would want that blended into my world a little bit more, but yeah, I, I would love to see wall jumping for sure. And, and, you know, I think, I think we're going to get it, actually. I, I I feel pretty good that they're going to be a, a lot more seamless way to do wall jumping than we've seen in the past. I, I agree, absolutely. And honestly, like, um, Andy, I don't know if you've played Mirror's Edge before, but I think that's, like, a really good example of how you can do first-person wall jumping. Um, I've never I've never played Mirror's Edge. I, I'm going to be honest, and, and nobody light me up for saying this, because I don't, I don't know if it's true. I've, I've heard kind of mixed things about those games, so I, I kind of was like, eh. Like maybe maybe I won't uh, play them, and I, and I don't know if that's true or not. Like I've never played them, but that's just what I heard. Um, but I have heard the f- you and and a couple other people that not just you talk about they're they're pretty good in terms of movement and stuff like that. Yeah, the first game absolutely love it, incredible. The second game I feel like is probably where a lot of those mixed reviews come. I'm definitely I like if if the second game is a sixty, the first game is probably like an eighty or a ninety to me. Like okay, um. Yeah, so I would I would heavily recommend at least playing that first game. They're both absolutely dirt cheap nowadays, and um, if you ever get a Steam Deck, uh, if you want to do some portable gaming, I believe they're both. Hey, Steam Deck is it on spot, Switch? But don't quote me on that. Uh, okay. They are not on Switch, unfortunately. The on, the first game should be on Switch. It's an Xbox 360 game. So, <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, but, um, what else you got there? All right, well, let's go from wall jumping to wall running. Now we now this used to be like absolutely huge in like the mid 2010s you know you had like titanfall you had some of those some of like those future call of duties and then after that it just kind of died off and we never really saw it come back come back again there's been a couple of exceptions the uh you know the, those new star wars jedi games have a uh, wall running but other than that i can't really think of any game that has really brought wall running back it kind of mostly died for them you know after 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 that big fps uh, futuristic fps heyday and I kind of want to bring it back because I think there's a lot of cool things in Metroid, specifically with some of Samus's other abilities that you can do with um, with the wall run. Now, Samus has a very, very heavy suit. And despite her agility, you know, the laws of physics absolutely still apply to us. So I feel like, at least at first, and we'll get on how we uh, combat this once we introduce another upgrade later. But I think when you initially wall run, you know, you, you know, you can't really move that much far. You're mostly wall kicking to get, you know, a little bit more jump height for the most part, maybe slightly more distance forward. But you're not like, you know, you're not like wall running, you know, for like, you know, 10 steps, like without losing, you know, without gravity taking effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I think that died for a reason. I, I That does not. There's an exception, which I will. I'll just say it in a second here. But I, I think as a standard method of movement, I I don't like that again. I, I just think that, like, I mean, and listen, everything I'm saying no to, if you do it well and you do it properly, then sure, right? I just, like, as a concept, just hearing that, I'm just like, ah, that, does that seem like 
kind of cool or does it just seem like kind of a putting it in there for putting it in there i i don't know that i like see a lot there are other movement there's other things that i would much rather have versus while running put it that way now the one exception to this is i'm sure we'll talk about in a bit you combine that with a speed boost that's a different story but as just a standard method of like moving and getting around like no i i'm not i'm not sold on wall running i, I think it kind of died for for probably a, a good reason it just it seems like goofy and cheesy to me Okay. Um, hold that thought. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, before we get into it a little further, let's talk about the grapple beam a little bit. Um, I actually most of the grapple beam options that I have listed is in the combat section, but there's a couple of puzzle, couple of minor puzzle uh, enhancements that I wanted to do with it. Uh, first off is the grapple pull, which basically makes the grapple beam function um like the, the like the hook shot as well from zelda where not only can you now swing and you know like pull objects but now like you know you can actually like you know move yourself to like you know different points on on a surface and you know it'll actually pull you hence the name yeah, so you know what a very, right. yeah, very small i really update. like that i really like that yeah yeah very very small update but you know i feel like and, and we and we've seen this kind of in the 2d games as well you know like in samus turns and dread you can do that mm -hmm. i feel like prime there's no reason you can't do it in a 3d setting as well yep uh, and then uh, I also have the gravity grapple, which reduces the gravitational pull of objects, allowing Samus to interact with even heavier materials now. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not like, I could be down for that. I could be, I could be down for that. Um, yeah, that, I'll, I'll save any further thoughts because uh, I feel like you got a little bit more there, but I, I don't dislike that idea uh, at all. Like, I think it's a, a kind of a unique idea. So, yeah, sure. And it reminds me of, like, the, the gauntlets that you get in Ocarina of Time that allow you to lift, like, a literal mountain or whatever, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually just thinking of that as well right before you said that. So def definitely on the same page there. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm still on board here. I, I feel like I got to give you a little something. I've kind of I've kind of shit on the wall jump and the other <laughs> thing here. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, but honestly, I, I think that those ideas like sound both pretty good. Yeah, all good, all good. All right, let's talk about the thing that I think we've both been wanting to talk about, the speed booster baby. We absolutely... All three of us want to see the speed booster in Prime yeah. 4, and me especially. This is my favorite upgrade of all time in the Metroid series, and I think that there is so much cool stuff that you can do with this. Yeah. So the way that I envision the speed booster working in this game is it's activated by tapping the sprint button, and then once you enter the speed booster state, the camera switches to third person. Uh, you can slightly realign similarly to like the Prime 2 and 3 screw attack, but you're primarily going in a straight direction once, you know, once you're all in and it works with all of the previous abilities, except for uh, the clamor that I mentioned and your wall run is extended indefinitely while speed boosting, which opens up so many different avenues for new speed boosting puzzles, especially on curved wall surfaces, which now allows you to like turn in like very hard directions that you wouldn't be able to go otherwise. So this, you combine this with the wall running, the wall jumping, the rail grinding, sliding, clambering, there are so many items in Samus's kit that you can use with the speed booster to traverse around that in normal circumstances you could never do. Yep, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I I think that the speed boost has to come for Metroid Prime 4. And it's funny, actually, that you brought up zip lining for uh in Skytown earlier. Cause I kind of think that's like a not a not a bad prototype as to how it could work for for Metroid Prime 4, where like you're still in first person, you're moving very fast, you don't have 
I, I think you'd have to have a little bit of control. Like you, you can veer left, you can veer right, but you know, if you want to do a hard turn, you can't do it. Um, but I, what I do think, and and by the way, like I, I think, I think it would actually be fine if you, if you kind of had, let's call it the skyline or the the zipline method of like speed boosting. But I actually wouldn't, wouldn't hate either if maybe you're speed boosting and you, once you sprint and you get the speed booster. Maybe you just go into third person mode and you just the camera pans out from behind Samus and you can see Samus running and like the camera's behind her. I, I think that would be fine as well. I think both of those options would be great. Um I I still like I, I I'm not really sold still on the wall running. I, I think that that still seems a little cheesy, but it like I think you're you're you are onto something where like I could see maybe the world has um some like I don't know. I was going to say half tubes or like tubes, almost like thinks F zero where like you can drive in in 360, right? Um, maybe there's some of that that can, can like get you, you know, tipped in a turbine and swerving and whatever. Um, and yeah, maybe like, maybe there's also some, some areas that have like, not, not like a tube necessarily, but like there's like a speed run track that you can get really good traction on or, or something. But I, I, yeah, I think that the speed boost has to I think it has to come for Metro Prime 4 and I think that there's like I think there's pretty good ways that that you could do it and and I don't know like of the two options that I, like I laid out anyways like what, what would you prefer like a zipline method like in Metro Prime 3 where you're just moving really fast still in first person or would you be on like team uh the camera pulls out and and views Samus from behind or do you have like a different kind of methodology well, well, well. In this, I specifically mentioned the camera switches to third person once the actual speed booster is activated. Right, okay. That's kind of how that's kind of how I did it. However, when you shine spark, you go back into first person. That's how I envision it. I think that would be super cool because at that point, because at that point, you're no longer at that point. You know, you're no longer in control. You're going in a straight direction, and so I think it would be really cool to just bring the world all back and just have that all like forced on you like that. You know, I although I maybe. Think... I don't know. Maybe as an like, option, though. Maybe as an option, though. Like maybe you could have it as an option to keep it third person because yeah. that also could be a huge uh, motion, motion sickness, sickness like thing for yeah. a lot of people. I I think I would be sick if I was playing that and I was like launching <laughs> myself. I I think like um, I think it should be like if you're speed boosting in first person, you shine spark in first person, and if you're speed boosting in third person, you shine spark in third. And the I, I would also say, though, you have the option if you're speed boosting in first person to shine spark in third person. Because, I, yeah, I, I think that that and, and frankly, now that I say it, maybe if you're speed boosting, like you should just be you should have the option to like choose between the two. Because I I could see motion sickness for speed boosting in first person as mm-hmm. well as shine sparking. So maybe that would be the safer option. Ideally, there'd be both. But like, hey, you know what? More, the more options, the better is what I say. You know, customize that experience for as many people you, as possible. You should see the the amount of incredible, incredible accessibility options in Horizon Forbidden West. It, it's it's beyond any game I've ever seen. It's it's awesome. I so, I don't I don't doubt it. Like Sony is on top of it when it comes to like accessibility yeah. and you know stuff. So they, they did a really yeah. really great job. I hope that Nintendo like Nintendo's kind of stubborn. They want you to experience the game the way that they want you to experience it, which which is fine. And like most of the time, it's a good thing. But yeah, let's if, if we could have some other options, that that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'll just run quickly through some speed booster tech because we've spent yeah. a lot of time on this already. So run quickly uh, first. Yeah, first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unintentional. Uh, the dire- directional grapple beam. So this is so this is a piece of tech. While you're speed boosting, it allows you to fire off your grapple beam 
um, to a point to the side. And this will is another way that you can use to make really hard turns. So like, you know, you know, you're running really fast and you see like a wall coming up, but you got to keep your speed boost running to hit the wall, you know, about 90 degrees to your right. So you fire the grapple beam and that and that force makes you do a hard turn while you're running. Yeah, and so I can be down for that. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, that could yeah. that could be pretty neat, actually, if you're like if you have a expansion or something like that, that requires like multiple kind of hard turns and stuff like that. I, I like that idea. Awesome. The liquid run. After acquiring the gravity suit, <laughs> Samus can run across liquid bodies of, of you know, water, lava, whatever, whatever you want. And this is something that I wanted to do at first. And I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if you know, I can see Samus speed boosting, you know, across, you know, a, a body of water. Like Sonic, that makes sense. It's a cartoon. I don't know if I can see that Metroid. And then it occurred to me, oh, my gosh, the gravity suit. That is a thing in this game. We can get away with it. We could totally do that. <laughs> So that's the thing. I I think you might be able to sell me on that, but my first reaction is just like, oh, that that reminds me too much of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ walking on water. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, plenty, I mean, there's plenty of IP. I mean, the the Incredibles did it again. Like Sonic did it. Like it's 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 a pretty like it could be pretty cliche, but I think with the gravity suit. There's a lot of cool cool options that open up. Um, yeah, like you're not wrong. I, I guess I would say like I think like Sonic, The Incredibles. There's obviously a very different tone in those properties. Mm-hmm. Um, like like I said, I, I you you could probably convince me that this could be okay. Um, but I just even like if if given the option, um, maybe there's like I don't know. I, Maybe, first of all, I think I'd rather see, like, under lava or underwater, because that's some of my favorite spots, but, like, I I don't know, maybe there, maybe there's something else that you still can. Yeah, you could. You you still can. You can, you can use your speed booster underwater still. The difference is that if you're already speed boosting and, you know, you hit that surface, then you'll just automatically be on top instead of, but, but if you start speed boosting underwater, you know, you can still explore underneath all that. You know, it's, it sounds like a very minute difference, but, like, for some reason, shine sparking on water sounds infinitely better to me than like running on water for whatever reason, if that makes sense. Um, so like maybe maybe you could shine spark and there's like some kind of upgrade that you can get that like equips your shine spark to be able to make you go on on water. Hey, that isn't the gravity suit. I don't know. It, it, it probably sounds like, a again, a very minute difference, but it just it seems a little bit better to me. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I, Give me some give me some time to sit on that one for and, and okay. I'll tell you what I think in a, in the next couple of weeks here. <laughs> uh, and then, and then finally we have the spider boost. This one's this one's pretty simple. So just like in Metroid Dread, you can go in and out of morph ball mode while you're speed boosting, and if you uh, go onto a spider ball track, you will keep your boost going. Yeah. Yep. I uh, yep. I like that. All right. Let's get into the combat section. So, uh, Dak and I have been talking about this one for a while uh, with melee combat. You know, I think this is something... I don't think Metroid Prime needs melee combat, but I think there's still cool stuff you can do. And especially, you know, again, with the 2D games and the counter and all that. Um, and just, you know, and just other stuff that I've played. Again, I think there's really cool things that we can do when combined with Samus's other kit. So, mm-hmm. you know, simple... So, you know, we got simple melee attacks, um, counter attacks. So, you know, I think, you know... Metroid Dread Samus Returns showed showed how you could do that. And I think you could honestly do something very similar with a 3D game. 
Yeah. One other new addition I have is a ram attack. So if you sprint into an enemy when you're not speed boosting, uh, you'll perform a ram attack on them. And this can stun like, you know, very big enemies or big armored enemies, stuff like that. And you can expose weave points. Not all enemies can be rammed. Obviously, you know, you're not going to be ramming an Omega Pyre anytime soon. He'll just he'll just mm -hmm. crush you. But, you know, but, you know, yeah. enemies that are, you know, maybe like, you know, a seven or an eight footer, you know, you could, you could still ram them in your in your various suit. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. It, it makes like traversal, like like retraversal of areas that you've already been to at the, at the beginning of the game. So, for example, consider you're going back to the Chozo ruins and you have all the the weaker enemies there. You could just kind of like blitz through them without halting your momentum. I, I'm okay with that. I like that. I would I would like to say though, I do think that this is kind of where story meets gameplay a little bit for me. Where I would like, um, I don't know, maybe like a maybe like a new suit or like a new something that's just like, like Samus, we've given you a new arm cannon and this is like extra like juicy and it's got like an extra, I don't know, whatever on it that makes like battering foes cool. Or you know what I mean? Just like something that, mm -hmm. that kind of explains like why Samus is just doing it now instead of like has always been doing it, which will be a very minor thing to do. But I would just, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, I think it'd be a cool thing to just like throw in there and say like, Hey, like we upgraded your arm cannon. So it has like, barbed wire whatever after round it i don't know like yeah, the the negan arm cannon <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we also have a, a grand uh a ground slam i talked about this um on the 200th episode as well where basically if you charge your beam while you're in the air and then you tap slide uh samus will come down with the arm cannon and will create um an, an aoe blast that kind of like a you know, if you, this is a really good one to use if you're getting surrounded by, like, lots of enemies. I'm kind of envisioning the enemy count in Metroid Prime 4 to be, you know, a lot bigger than those last games now that we can, you know, put more materials on the screen, so. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm okay with that. Like, I, I think, listen, I, I've said it, like, a, a million gajillion times. I could see something like that kind of being a cool optional upgrade that you could get if you want to go and find it. Kind of like the, uh, like the Sunburst or, or all those kind of things, right? Like, if... If you want to go and find that stuff, it's infinitely more rewarding than finding, like, your 75th missile expansion, right? Like, stuff that'll help mm -hmm. you combat enemies. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm pretty, to be honest with you, like, if it's kind of in that world where it's, like, you can go and find the the upgrades or anything like that optionally, I'm, I'm almost down for, like, literally any kind of combat um, idea. Yeah, this could absolutely work Work as that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, let's get... Or actually, yeah, so uh, finishing moves, I brought that from Other M because, I mean, finishing moves are really cool. I think that could... I think you could do it literally exactly the same way that Other M does it. Maybe it gives you, like, more health. Uh, kind of like, you know, the Doom Eternal glory kills, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, the other, M, the other M style where it's more focused on, like, the wrestling moves and all that, I feel like, you, know, I have a, you could absolutely do I have that a again. quick side story for you. I went and installed Doom Eternal in my Xbox the other day. Uh, not the other day. This was like six weeks ago. Um, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I got a little bit of time before Christmas. I know I'm getting Horizon. I'm going to play Doom Eternal. And my my Xbox controller was dead. So I was just like, ugh. So I charged it, but the moment was gone. I was like... <laughs> it it just escaped. <laughs> it escaped. It escaped. So uh, Doom, I promise you, I will play that game. But yeah, I, I think like, you know, Doom 2016, you reach a point where an enemy is just kind of like staggered and you can go and give him like a, a cool finishing move. Or, I mean, you can just blast him if you're far away enough. Like, I, I, I think mm -hmm. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, let's get into the grapple beam because I have a have a have a couple things here for the grapple beam. So first off is the grapple stun. So grapple beam combat returns from Prime Three, but this time certain enemies can fight back against the grapple beam and use it against Samus. So like if you're fighting an electrical enemy, they can they can make that uh, that grapple beam backfire pretty fast. So she'll have to deal with them using an expanded arsenal. And the first of these is the grapple stun, which overloads the beam with a brief burst of voltage to stun um, attached enemies. It can even kill lesser enemies in one um, in one charge. It needs to recharge after each use, but collecting voltage expansions throughout the world can add additional charges per use. Okay, what else do you got for the grapple beam? Uh, so we mentioned the grapple pull, uh, which kind of turns the grapple beam into the hook shot. Well, that also has some combat use as well. Uh, Samus can pull stunned or weakened enemies towards her for a couple of different attacks. One is a quick melee jab at the end uh, for extra damage. And two, um, if the enemy is like really uh, near down, you can do a reverse choke slam into a charge shot finisher uh, that will take out the, complete, the enemy completely. But beware... If the enemy hasn't received enough damage, they'll break out and counter you. So you need to make sure you need to time it just right to get that really good ending. Hmm. Um, I like, I guess I'll preface, uh, cause, cause I think that that sounds fine. Um, I guess I'll preface though with like, I, I wasn't like crazy about grapple beam combat in Metroid prime three. I, I thought that it was like just okay. So it, it's, it's hard like at least for me right now, it's hard to envision something that kind of takes it to the next level. And I like I don't know if like melee grapple combat is quite that for me. Although I think it could be cool. Um, yeah, that, that's all. Keep keep going, and I'll I'll keep on. This, this one some this one honestly might just be this one honestly might just be my Doom Eternal brain with like the the meat hook and the super shotgun and all the things you can do with that. But I was like, okay. That's Doom. What what's the Metroid version of like you know a similar like way to pull enemies towards you? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, I don't then, mind then, the idea of like pulling enemies towards you for sure for like a like a, a quick like like forearm or something like that. Um, like and listen, like I like I said, like I think the more options that you have for fighting enemies, the better. Like you don't have to just limit yourself to to beams. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I I guess I I think that's most more or less fine. I I wouldn't want it to be like like crazy 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 over the top. Like it still keep combat a little bit grounded, which I th- mm-hmm. I think you've described. But um, I I do yeah. I, but- I have to admit I do still have some like lingering memories, just kind of like yeah of of the combat uh, the grapple beam combat specifically from Metro Prime Three. Well, well, and keep in mind also this time you know you can completely use buttons the whole time. You're not going to be. You know, if you're having problems with, you know, the that motion controls. Yeah. 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 And and then finally, the last one, we mentioned the, gra- the gravity grapple earlier. This simply allows you to interact with heavier enemies that you couldn't before. Simple, self-explanatory. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's actually, like, pretty cool. Let's get to another big section, the gunship. Metroid Prime 3, you know, we all love that gunship. But we all agree that we want to see this heavily, and I mean heavily expanded, in Metroid Prime 4. So I did just that. And uh, I guess we'll see how you and the rest of the audience feels about that. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. Fully controllable flight. Reiterating my point from the immersion and world building section, Prime 4 is a seamless experience. And that means every time you enter the ship, you are in full control. Unlike Metroid Prime 3, there are no cutscenes where you take flight 
you have access to all of the ship's flight controls, weapons, defense systems, and other tools right from the cockpit. And all of these are, of course, being utilized in real time. Ship exploration. While airborne, Samus can now explore the skies above to solve puzzles and find secrets. Not all of the area is explorable at first, but as you upgrade the ship and perform tasks on the ground, the more the sky opens up. For example, a surface-to-air missile site that prevents you from exploring a space pirate base until you acquire the cloaking shield to safely cross. Mm-hmm. And then you can finally land another area and begin um, exploring a new uh, a new path. Okay. I, I'm uh, I'm down for that. I, I would like... It's actually funny because I'm thinking of a game that uh, this series has taken a beating on this show from our pal, Mr. Lasky. But that, that reminds me of Xenoblade Chronicles X specifically where you could get into your mech and you could fly around and you could get onto islands and like everywhere was was kind of available to you once you got that mech. Um, and I, and I kind of like that idea as well. It kind of gives me Tears of the Kingdom vibes where like there's all these flying islands that you, you really have a hard time getting to at first um, until you have some key upgrades. So I, I do like that, but I, I do, I do want to say I wouldn't want like a very let me rephrase that. Like I, I would like obviously for the gunship to to play a bigger role, but I think for Metroid Prime Four specifically, just knowing that this reintroduces us to Metroid, I would want them to focus on like the the core mechanics of like being Samus. I think ahead of of being in the ship and focus like a lot of your energy on. Um, you know what I mean? Just like that that more intimate world building rather than like having a ship that could go like in, in space and traverse and stuff like that. And I don't think you're suggesting that it goes in space, but like, I, I guess what I'm no. suggesting is like, um, that sounds great. And if you could do both like amazing, um, I just, I, I would probably as like a, almost like a soft reboot to the Metroid prime four series, like focus on, on that, that more intimate exploration, like atmosphere kind of stuff. But I mean, I think that you could do both with, um, with the ship as well. And I do like the well, idea that-, that there's some areas that you can't just like freely fly around in. Yeah, yeah, and, and it very much is, like, the way I'm envisioning this, it's like it, 80% you're on the ground, 20% you're in the sky is how I'm envisioning it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much like, a very, the ship is very much, when I was talking earlier about, like, ways that you could traverse the world, this is, like, kind of, like, one of the big things that I was thinking of how you do it. And I feel like having, you know, an open ship experience is, like, a really good way how you could, you know, access new areas. And I think it makes sense, too, because if you, you know, if you think about it, you know, there isn't going to be... You know, the further you go underground, you know, the less likely there is you're going to encounter new areas. Most of that stuff would realistically be on the surface. And how right. would you get to that? Your ship. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I don't mind that idea really at all. And I, I think there's probably potential there as well to let's just say one of the one of the expansions that you can find in the world is like a, a ship fuel cell. So like the more of those you find, the more time you could spend in the air kind of thing or, or I don't know, something like that. Um, so I, I like that idea as well, but I think if you're going to do that, which, uh, which I think sounds like fine, then you gotta, you have to be a little bit more creative with where your worlds are too, or like where your areas are. So like maybe in the fire area, for example, if assuming there's a fire area, it's like underneath, like it's underground almost, or it's, you know what I mean? Like, um, Mm -hmm. so I, I think that you can probably do that. And I think like, if you have like some sky islands or, or whatever that you're going to have in this, this planet, wherever it is, that could be a cool way of, um, you know, of getting around. So yes, I, I, I really like that idea. I, like I said, I, I do, I think I'd probably go even like 90, 10, 
in terms of like on ground versus on ship. But that, I mean, at that point, it's kind of like tomato, tomato. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I think that's cool. Yeah, and then while in the sky, you know, the um, there's like you know enemies and ship combat that you can either avoid or you can interact with and whatnot. Um, abilities, I'll I'll run through these real quick, but uh, stuff like the cutting laser. Uh, which is basically a military industrial like laser that you could use to like carve new paths in in uh, pieces of rock again to access new areas or you know maybe there's a like a, a new power up or like an expansion behind there. Um, I mentioned the cloaking shield before uh, the gravity armor, which allows the ship to explore underwater almost like a submersive, um, a submersible. I mean, um, mm-hmm. to explore like maybe uh, maybe maybe the sunken wrecked ship of that game is underwater, and so you know you have to get the gravity armor to uh, explore that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's kind of cool. I, I, I actually, mm-hmm. I actually really like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know, I don't know how you feel about this. I could do with or without it, but I think it would be cool to have just one ship boss fight. I mean, I think if you're gonna put that mechanic in, yeah, right. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could be down with that, or at least like, uh, you know what, you know what could be cool? A ship boss fight and or, um, like at a ship. Uh, a ship escape sequence i think could be cool as well like maybe you're Ooh. in kind of like a tight corner or something like that you got to jet around like like that oh could be cool. yeah 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 do some star wars trench run action yeah, that's I exactly like that. what i was, I was thinking that. like the pod yeah. racing almost yeah, <laughs> yeah okay I, oh okay. yeah oh the pod race that's even better yeah yeah i like that yeah, okay I, I'm, I'm down I'm for that. that yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that wraps up the sh- again that wraps up the ship right there pretty okay. pretty pretty simple though i think though I think also pretty ambitious. I don't expect any of that to actually happen in prime four. I, I don't but. think so either, but I, I do love, like, I, I do love that idea. Um, I, it like, I guess I would say like, if, if we were talking Metroid prime five, once the series is kind of like reestablished itself, then I'm just like, yeah, baby, let's get that ship in there. Let's make it like, like 70, 30 or, or more. Right. Like I, cause I really do want this ship to come back and feature, uh, prominently, um, I just think, yeah, I, I think we probably just need to like get there first, you know. And I, yeah, and I think yeah. we all probably probably agree with that. But I mean, like, what I think what we just laid out sounds sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's basically kind of the meat and potatoes of like the um, the gameplay. Everything from this point is um, accessible, difficult accessibility and difficulty, and then uh, the rewards and unlockables section. Right. Okay. So well, let's let's, yeah, that's let's kind through of, it here. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of so. Yeah. Uh, we'll start off with casual difficulty. This is, um, 0.5 damage received. So basically you can take, um, you can take double the amount of hits, basic enemy AI, beginner enemy variants, mm-hmm. health ammo pickups appear in larger frequencies and checkpoints are active. Yeah. Text tutorials and hint system are enabled by default, but can be turned off if you desire. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Normal. Exactly. Dif- yeah. Yeah. All of these, by the way, um, I hate when games I don't want to say hate when games because some some games do it well, but I typically prefer that games do not uh, make enemies tankier as the difficulty goes up. And so all mm-hmm. of these difficulty settings, it makes you vulnerable and it makes the world a little more difficult to navigate. But it doesn't make the enemies like you know more of a you know more more of a pain you know in terms of like the time to kill. It doesn't boost so. their HP from one hundred to two hundred. That you're right. That's kind of exactly. a lazy way of making a game harder. It's it's like it's a very artificial way of of doing that. Yeah, yeah. So normal difficulty, uh, 1.0 damage received. So this is kind of the basic one. Intermediate enemy AI, normal enemy variants, health ammo appears at normal frequency. Checkpoints are active. 
uh, text tutorials and hit system still enabled by default. Veteran, 1.5 damage received. Advanced enemy AI, normal enemy variants still. Health and ammo pickups appear at normal frequencies and checkpoints are, yeah, they appear at normal frequencies, but this time checkpoints are inactive. Text tutorials and hint system disabled by default, but you can still turn those back on if you so desire. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I guess I would also say, like, maybe there should also be an option just to turn on and turn off checkpoints, like, if you want that too. J just, you know, like, just to make the game as accessible as possible. I understand that kind of defeats the purpose, but I don't know. Why the heck not? Mm-hmm. Well, well, again, like, I have those. So they're active on casual normal. Veteran and above is, like, where we start removing yeah. the checkpoints. I mean, yeah. you, you could make that a toggable option, but, like, I feel like... I feel like that one, to me at least, feels like pretty inherently tied to the difficulty. Do, and veteran, does, and veteran for me. Does remastered oh, yeah, have go on. Um, uh, checkpoints? No, I don't think so. Right? Yeah. Nope. Okay. That that's fine. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And I specifically did it with veteran difficulty because, like, when I think of veteran difficulty, it's like, okay, you are familiar with Metroid at this point. This is the difficulty for you. And if you're and if you've played past Metroid games, surely mm -hmm. you've played one without checkpoints at this point. So yeah. But. When you uh, when you beat veteran difficulty, we unlock the Metroid difficulty, which of course translates to Ultimate Warriors. So you best believe that you are in for you're you're in for the long haul. 3.0 damage received, advanced enemy AI, hard enemy variants, uh, 1.5x enemy spawn rate. So that's um so yeah you're you're getting a 0.5 increase in enemies this time. Ammo pickups appear in smaller frequencies. No health pickups, so you can only recharge at um, save stations. Checkpoints inactive. Text tutorials and hint systems disabled completely. You cannot turn them back on on this difficulty. That that's fine. I, like if you're playing the <laughs> hardest difficulty, you don't need that. Um, yep. This is this is uh, yeah. This is the brutal difficulty mode. This is where you go to suffer. <laughs> I would like. I think that's fine. I don't know if I'd tie anything behind beating it though. Maybe you could, but like. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a fan mm -hmm. of like locking like stuff like that behind. Like I think a hard difficulty is fine, but like if there was something locked behind dread mode, I, I wouldn't be a fan of that. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe like a small unlockable, like a skin or something like that. Something minor, not like not like you know a whole other mode or something like that. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay, and then um, and then a couple of other um optional items this is more me thinking this is the opposite of metroid difficulty it's like okay how can we ease up the experience for newcomers not mm. you no know, not absolutely torture them so first one i have is simply show items on the map and you can customize how you want items to show up on the map in a variety of ways items can show up as soon as you enter a room after defeating all the enemies in a room uh, after getting within a certain proximity of the item or after seeing the item through your HUD, including alternate visors such as X-ray. Mm. I personally think that would be really cool is if like you use your X-ray to see an item through the wall and then it's like on your map permanently. I think that would be really cool. And additionally, if you want that old school experience, you could just choose to never have items appear at all whatsoever. Yep, I'm fine with that. More options are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also have an optional time-based difficulty scaler. So Let's say, you, you, I think we've all been in a situation where, you know, you're, you're having fun with the game, but, you know, something in life happens um, and you put the game down for like maybe a week or two and then you come back, you know, you're already 30% in the game and you've just completely like forgotten, you know, how to do anything. 
but you know the difficulty you know it's still really hard and so you're debating on yourself oh my gosh do i just bear with this and continue on or do i restart the game but i don't really want to time-based difficulty scaler kind of addresses that where it's like hey if the game detects that you haven't played for a while if you have this toggled again it's optional if you have this toggled the game will kind of ease you back into it if you come back uh, after a long time mm-hmm. yeah oh, okay i feel like uh i i'd like to be honest i feel like difficulty modes are i'm, I'm kind of just like yeah okay like this this sounds okay to me mm-hmm. yeah and then um introductory topography this is uh, another thing i talked about uh previously where certain level and geometry textures uh can be changed that more obviously show the correct path uh, a great option uh for new players who are still developing their metroid six sense if you will uh the, the example that i use is you know you know in metroid prime prime hunters like i i know you haven't played the the game that recently i don't think but you know you know like those glowing those bright blue glowing pillars mm-hmm. like when you're in celestial archives they kind of like point you in the right direction and you kind and you kind of need those in that game because there's like three of the same rooms stacked up on top of each other i'm not i'm not necessarily thinking something exactly like that but just like little extra details optional details in the level design that will you know more obviously point towards the correct path that you need to take that's mm-hmm. kind of my my thinking behind that I, I don't like that because um, it alters the world. I think the world should stay the same. I, I could be I could be convinced that something that you could do is like when you're playing Metroid Prime and it says like, hey, check out this room. Maybe if it says, and you have the option to turn this on or off, but if it's, if it's like the third time where mm-hmm. it's like, check out this room, maybe it says like optimal path on map and it walks you through like from a save station okay. where to go uh, to get there. I, I like that a little bit better, but I, I still don't really love that. Cause I, I do think that that kind of takes away from the experience of, of Metro. I mean, like, because like, obviously we want Metro prime four to be accessible for, for everybody, but like there, there are certain things where it's just like, like, I don't know, like how, how, like if, if you still, if you're being told where to go on the map specifically, there's only really x amount of ways that you can get to that room so like at at some point like you have to experience metroid for what it is right like you can't just Mm -hmm. be told exactly how to do it um so i i think that that's a fine balance i wouldn't want to see something in like the general overworld itself Uh uh-huh gotcha so so maybe something like an optional waypoint or something like that maybe okay yeah and that and that pretty much covers what I have here uh, for accessibility. At mm-hmm. least I'm sure there's like tons of other stuff that you could do as well. But like those were kind of like, cause right. I was also trying when I was thinking about it, you know, I, you know, the, the biggest thing that I see with Metroid is like, you have people that's like, Oh, Oh, Metroid looks so good. I want to play it, but Oh man, I'm just, I'm so clumsy when it comes to directions and I get lost easily. I don't know if this game is for me. And it's like, how do we address that without, sabotaging the core experience you know with how can we do it in a way where we can make a metroid game for metroid players but also allow new people you know who haven't developed those sensibilities how do we allow them to enjoy the game too you know what i mean my first thought is those new players should check out omegametroid.com where we will have that is a true. in-depth guide <laughs> of this game when it comes out my my second thought like like is this right like um elden ring is a game that is absolutely beloved. It's sold a ton, a ton of copies, the, by far the most successful Souls game ever. Um, but but I feel like Elden Ring didn't really compromise what made it Elden Ring. 
which which is funny coming from me because I don't like Elden Ring like at all. I actually I hate those games and like I'll never buy another Souls game because they're just not for me. But I think that's fine. And my point is like I think that with like kind of to answer your question there, I think that you just make the absolute best game you can, the best atmosphere, the best music, the best gameplay, everything like that. And and if the player is lost, they're gonna there's still so much to enjoy in the world that they can overcome that and then learn how learn how to metroid you know what i mean like um Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that you just throw the player to the wild and and leave him be like i do think that there's measures that you can input kind of like we talked about but um and i mean also uh, like let's not pretend i i was kind of glib saying like check out omegametro.com but there's gonna be like guides coming out the wazoo that players are going to be able to take advantage of so I'm, i'm not worried about that necessarily I, I think that like you want to present an uncompromising vision of what of what your game is, but walk that fine line about making it accessible to new players. But I, I don't think like you want to go over that line and making it accessible to new players. You know what I mean? Because then then you're kind of getting yeah. a watered down version, and they're just like, why are people so into these games? Like this sucks. Like they just told me exactly what what to do and where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's almost like you like you want to. It's a you, fine you want to ease the experience. You want to ease the experience, but you don't want, you know, you don't want the game to play itself at the same time. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I'm going back to Elden Ring here for a quick second. And uh, so I played Bloodborne and, and that game I thought was brutal. And, and I just I didn't enjoy it at all because, like, every time I'd go to use an item, I would die. And my items were like they were still gone, even though I died. And I was just like, I hated it. I like I hated it. And in Elden Ring, to its credit took that away like if you die you get your your potions back or or whatever they're called in that game and and it's just like it's little things like that that i think that and and obviously it's not a one for one but like small things or whatever that metroid could do in order to help new players like that while keeping kind of like like i don't think elden ring is any less difficult right like it's it's still a pretty difficult game um so i feel like it improved but didn't compromise and i think that that's a fine line and i don't know exactly what that line looks like in Metro Prime 4, it's, it's tough to say without, you know, seeing what the game is or what the, the premise or anything like that is. But that's kind of what I, my, <laughs> that's my advice for Retro Studios making Metro Prime 4, who obviously know a million bajillion times more about video games than I do. But you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Retro, here's how you make the best game ever. Do what I want and don't yeah. listen to anyone else. Don't Run on it. walls. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but right, unironically, right, yeah, though, totally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Otherwise, you know, it's just un- unlockables. Uh, give me a boss rush. Um, it's not going to happen, but give me a randomizer mode. Holy crap, that would be incredible. Um, give me, uh, give me customizable skins. Um, yeah, give me, give me every, give me every single suit that's ever been in a Metroid game in Metroid Prime Four. I, I don't, I don't think that's asking too much. <laughs> um. I think you're going to have a lot of options for suits and stuff like that and, and, and extras and, and everything like that. This, like, we, we have touched on extras and stuff before, and I'm glad that this is a little bit more gameplay accessibility specific because none of this we've talked about before. And I'm not even going to bring up the stuff that I was going to talk about because I feel like that doesn't really fit entirely with what we we kind of discussed here. But, yeah, I think, like, Boss Rush, why not? Like, lots of different skins for your suit, why not? Like, the why you know why not right like make it as awesome as you can as you can make it and i think that that randomizer yeah that's that's not gonna happen 
And I, to be honest, I think that randomizer works a lot better with like 2D games. That's just my personal preference. Um, but I mean, like, I, I, I totally agree. Like, make it like jam it with with tons of tons and tons of stuff, extra stuff that, uh, again, why not? Yeah, give give the fans like more and more reasons to come back and replay and replay. That's kind of basically my mentality. Yeah, like I I think at this point, like you've got to make Metroid Prime Four as if it's the last Metroid game that you're ever gonna make. <laughs> and, and I say that ironically because I I remember a couple weeks ago we were talking and either you or Dak said like, oh yeah, like let's make this game um, whatever it's gonna be and like Metroid Prime Five is when we really show out. And I'm like, no, like, I think it's got to be Metroid Prime 4. It's been so long since the last Metroid Prime game. The the odyssey of the development of Metroid Prime 4 is, like, the budget for this game has got to be ballooning out of control. I think you got to make this game as amazing as you can possibly make it, right? To, like, really, I don't know, really just, like, solidify the, the new direction. So, um, yeah. We'll, I, uh, we'll I am confident... So obviously, like, I don't think that my pitch for Metroid Prime 4 is going to come to fruition, especially with, like, some of my more out there stuff with, like, the ship and all that. Right. But I do think that this game is going to be ambitious and it's going to surprise us in ways that we don't expect just because Nintendo rebooted it. Because the fact is, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This is Metroid we're talking about. Nintendo could have easily canceled this game. And while we would have absolutely been sad, their port, their, you know, their, their stock wouldn't have taken a big hit. They would have recovered just fine. The Switch would be selling just as well as it is today, mm-hmm. and you know it would it would just be it would just be uh, a ran- a random casualty. The fact that they rebooted this game, a Metroid game of all games, tells me at least that they have faith in this game, and that tells me that Retro pitched something that they haven't seen before, something that impressed them. Uh, or and so I am very you're, optimistic. You're right. Or Nintendo had a concept, and they were like we want this made real because it's awesome. These guys couldn't make this concept as amazing as we have it in our minds. Retro can. So I, I agree with you. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm very optimistic that, you know, this game, you know, I, all, all, all the Metroid Prime games are able to stand on their own. And I think Prime 4 is going to do so exceptionally. So being yeah. again, 17 years after Prime 3, it's going to feel that it's, it's going to feel like Metroid Prime 17 years later. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I would love to put your notes in the, uh, in the show notes here so that people can take a a closer look at them there, uh, Doom, if they, if you want to, which I, I'm actually excited to myself because I, I didn't want to like know anything before here. So I just wanted to kind of be surprised. So, um, yeah, tell us what you think. Uh, I think that we had some really, Doom, you had some really, really great ideas about Metro Prime 4. I think some of them are like definitely going to happen. I think some of them are a little ambitious, uh, and some of them probably don't need to come to fruition <laughs> while running. But other than that, uh, I, I had a great time and, uh, is, is, you know, you put a lot of work and a lot of research into this and I think it really showed with a lot of really cool ideas. So hats off to you, my friend, not literally cause I'm wearing a toque and it's freezing down in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was about to say, you're wearing a beanie that might yeah. be, you got headphones on top. That might be a little, <laughs> do you, do you call them beanies in the States? Is that, what, is that what they're called? Yeah. Like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, they're called, yeah, t- I've never heard. I've never heard that word before. Interesting. T O Q U E. Oh, uh, that is not what I was. I was expecting T U K E. Like, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, they're. This feels so weird, like explaining what a toque is, but uh, which is also funny because I think that like 
even in um, some other provinces in Canada, like, so we're, we're going right off the rails here, but so I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Like, do, would you guys call these hoodies? Off the rail grinding? Oh God. Uh, yes, we do call that. You do call those hoodies. Okay. Yes. So, uh, there's like, there's some places that, that call them, I think it's like bunny hops or something like that. <laughs> right? It's like, what? It's like, it's like when you go to the States and, and there's certain parts of the States that are just like, I'll have a Coke and make it a Sprite. And it's like, what? That's the weirdest damn thing I've ever heard. Coke and make it. I've never heard that one before. You've never. Oh, it's, I know some, it's a total southerner thing. It's um, if I you. Know, I know some. I know some heathens call soda pop, and they are incorrect objectively. No, <laughs> people who call pop soda are criminals. Um, but I think we could both agree, Doom, that the enemy of our enemy is our friend. There is. It's a southern thing in the United States. Instead of calling it pop or soda, you just call it a Coke, no matter what the hell it is. I swear, huh. I swear to you, this is true. I, I swear to God, and I had the exact same look on my face when I when I heard that too. But nevertheless, we're getting uh, we're getting down a dark and dangerous path here. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for uh, for compiling all that doom and and uh, getting those great suggestions and great ideas. Of course. We want to know what you think. We want to know what your suggestions are. We want to know if you can flesh out any of the ideas that we talked about here today. Let us know over in Discord. Let us know in the comment section on OmegaMetro.com. Check out OmegaMetro.com for all of your uh, Metro needs, guides, maps, you name it. It's there. Plus, you got the whole archive of this podcast there as well, so you can go check that out. Doom and I just recorded a great... I thought we had a great episode, actually, of the Great Metro and Area Ranking. Um... Maybe our best episode of the show yet, actually. I I really enjoyed that episode, which is funny because we kind of, like, had a bunch of, like, mid to lower tier areas. Like, there wasn't, like, that superstar area that's really easy to talk about. And I I think that we Mm -hmm. still did it justice. So it was a a great time. So go check that out. That's over on our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash spnet. And uh, give us a follow over on Twitter, over on Blue Sky, over on Threat, wherever you are. Check us out. We're at Omega Metro Pod, at Spateri316, at Doom Lacrosse, and at DaxCity underscore for our brother that uh, is not here tonight um and yeah check us out wherever you get your podcast like subscribe rate review recommend all of that fun stuff if you got a metroid fan in your life tell them where they can get their weekly metroid fix that is all my friends we are out of here until next week take care